HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Hello, everyone. This is Cha Ivan, and today is quite a bizarre day. Today is goodbye. After 150 and plus episodes, after winning and being nominated for rather prestigious awards, I've decided that I would like to make a new project. I am extremely enthusiastic about inviting other voices to better understand what mezcal can be, to better understand the artisans that sustain these spirits and the ecosystems that enrich it. So this new project is going to be called Heritage Mezcal. It will be available in all of the platforms just as a Gabber road trip. It will also have an Instagram, a Facebook, and all of those things that we have to do. And Roy will be part of this. I cannot afford Roy. So if you guys have any idea of how can I get money to do that, I'll be nothing but grateful. For uh, the time being, I'll just be using my savings. On a more serious note, though, this was a grand time. I can't believe the amount of love that we received while doing this podcast. Even though I think it was rarely the occasion where we had a solid conclusion, I think people were nothing but grand to us. The amount of emails, the amount of texts, the amount of help that we received from you guys, you Agave Nerds, it's invaluable. So from deep of my heart, really thank you for this. And also to you, Jomen Lu. It was, it was a great time, and I hope you kept on having fun. Uh, and that's all. See you on heritagemezcal.com, heritagemezcal, Instagram, all of those. Adiosito. And I am Ryan Acock, the Cocktail MD. And this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps green gags bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, rural Mexico, coffee, and cacao. And and today, we are not talking about <laughs> agave spirits. Like Lou mentioned, we are talking about coffee and chocolate. Well, to be, well, I want to say cacao, but I get that you're going to say chocolate. But, you know, coffee and cacao, they make them in Mexico, and this is about rural Mexico. Sure. Okay. okay. So what are we talking about today, Lou? Okay, I've been told, uh, or I guess I read, probably somebody told me at some point, that uh, both coffee and cacao nibs specifically, not, you know, not like Hershey's chocolate, but uh, straight up cacao nibs, uh, are antioxidants. 
And, you know, I don't even really understand what that means, but the suggestion has been that it's good for you. And I'm wondering, are coffee and cacao good for you? Right. So let's talk about antioxidants. And before we can even talk about that, let's talk about oxidation. Oxidation. So, oh, oxidation. Oxidants. Oxi- God, that seems so simple, but I never made that. So when I open a bottle of booze, like, and it starts to oxidize? Yeah, that's it. So huh. oxidation, all that means is, in chemistry terms, is that a compound is giving up an electron. And, that, and then when you, uh, the opposite of that is when you're gaining an electron, you are reducing. So you have reduction and you have oxidation, or to together, they're called redox reactions. So reduction and oxidation, they go hand in hand. Your body is undergoing oxidation right now because you're taking glucose and you're turning it into carbon dioxide. And the corollary to that is you're also reducing oxygen into water. Wait, I'm, I'm doing what? So right now, every time you eat something that has sugars in it, which yeah. is just about everything that you eat, you're oxidizing that glucose into carbon dioxide. That's how you get energy. But in order to do that, you also have to reduce something. So you're going to reduce oxygen into water. So anytime you eat, you're taking sugar and you're taking oxygen and you're turning that into carbon dioxide, water, and energy. Whoa. Okay, that's crazy. Keep going. Yes. Fascinating. So that's the oxidation. So that's an example of oxidation and reduction. So to continue on that, now we need to talk about something called free radicals. So whenever you look at the outside of an atom or a molecule, you're going to see that electrons always come in pairs. There's always two of them just sitting together. Every now and then, an electron is by itself, and that's called a free radical. And that is highly energetic, and it wants to react with something because it does not want that free electron by itself. So free radicals occur naturally. It's part of our oxidation and reduction cycle. But, and those free radicals are very short-lived. You're talking about fractions of a second. Oh. But if they're by themselves, those free radicals can do a lot of damage. They, can, they are directly toxic and injurious to cells. They can also mutate DNA. And so your body needs to scavenger those free radicals. And so you need an antioxidant to stop that from free radical from existing for so long. And so if you... So that, yeah. okay, really interesting. And the correlations between human behavior, the conversation we had between recording episodes, right? And free radicals well, is, is fascinating to me, but that isn't relevant to our conversation here. What is like, so, so you're saying, if I'm following you correctly, that it doesn't matter what I eat, I'm still going to generate these free radicals or what I drink for that matter. Correct. You have to, that's going to be a part of your oxidation process is you're going to create free radicals. Now your body's going to get rid of those free radicals by using some kind of antioxidant. So because free radicals cause injury to cells and DNA, there's this thought of, well, why don't I just take in more antioxidants so that way I don't have so many free radicals hanging around. And so that's what this episode is about, is can we eat, drink, take in something that is an antioxidant to prevent me from forming free radicals? Uh, uh, To prevent you from forming them or to combat them when they're formed? Right, to get rid of them as soon as they're created. Got it, got now, it, got it. Okay. Now, there are ways that you can get additional free radicals. So smoking would be a great example of how you can get additional free radicals. And then being outside, direct sunlight with UV damage is another <laughs> example of free radicals. But, but but hang on. Let me just make sure I got you here. You don't want more free radicals. It's not right? Correct. You okay. want to get fewer, but there are ways to create more free radicals. You just don't want to do those kind of things. Right. So there are behaviors you could avoid that will help minimize the number of free radicals that your body's producing. Yes. Okay. And smoking, sitting out in the sun. Yes. Anything else? Those would be two of the big ones. Yes. Okay. Eating potato chips? 
I don't know about eating potato chips. I don't think that that's going to be a problem because it's going to have some kind of sugar source in there. So you're going, well, you're going to create free radicals from the, the sugar source and when you break down that into to energy supplement or energy substrate. So uh, sure, but <laughs> the, the end result is this. So there's this thought of, let me take some kind of antioxidant. And there are lots of antioxidants out there. In fact, you can even do this experiment at home and watch oxidation in person. So you take an apple, uh -huh. cut it in half, uh -huh. take one half and just let it sit on the table, take the other half and you want to coat it in ascorbic acid. That's vitamin C. And you're going to watch one half turn brown and the other half not. And so that's oxidation real life that you can watch happen in front of you. And so that ascorbic acid or vitamin C, or you can just use lemon juice, that is acting as your antioxidant right there. So, so, so vitamin C is an antioxidant? Yes. Oh. Now the, yes. Okay. So vitamin C is a dietary antioxidant. Some others are going to be vitamin A, vitamin E, and then zinc, which itself is not an antioxidant, is needed for biochemical reactions. So you'll hear things like, Vitamins A, C, and E, and zinc are great for, as an antioxidant. Yeah, maybe. So that's where we start getting into looking at what the research has to show. Uh, but but we hang on. Sorry. Yeah. You're saying maybe, but the maybe is potentially that you have to consume enough zinc while you're consuming the vitamin C in order for that vitamin C to become an antioxidant? Right. So zinc is used as an intermediary in many biochemical reactions. It's also coincidentally used as part of your breakdown of alcohol. And so one of the thoughts is if you're zinc deficient, you're going to get hangovers. So zinc is used in lots of biochemical reactions, and you're supposed to take that with everything else that you're consuming so that those other things you're consuming can actually work. Got it. Okay. All right. So beta carotene, that's an example. That's a type of vitamin A. And so there's this thought of, well, why don't I just eat a lot of carrots or start taking supplements with vitamin A? If you look at a Centrum multivitamin, just a regular Centrum multivitamin that you go and buy from the store, that has about one milligram of beta carotene in it. Huh. And so these, so some researchers decided to take smokers and workers who was exposed to asbestos and try to see what happens if we give a lot more beta carotene. So let's give them like 30 milligrams of beta carotene, not just one, but 30 milligrams and see what happens. Because now it's an antioxidant, in theory, it should be protecting them from lung cancer. So this was called the beta-carotene and retinol efficacy trial, or the carrot trial. And so they got lots of, yeah, that's right. So nice. they got lots of beta-carotene, and the end result is that those smokers got increased rates of lung cancer and increased rates of death. So wow, that's a problem. That's if, a bummer result of a study. Yeah. yeah. So okay. the carrot trial showed that if smokers take in a lot of beta-carotene, they are at increased risk of getting lung cancer. So that's a big fail for an antioxidant right there. Wow. Okay. So, and, and is there an explanation or a theory behind? Nope. So that's, that's <laughs> the difference between clinical research and, and basic research that happens in a Petri dish. Wow. And, okay. And, uh, and how many people were in this study? Uh, let's see. 18,000 men and women. Wow. Okay. That in, definitely yeah. passes your numbers test. That's crazy. So if you're so if you're um if you're a smoker, yes, and you're cleaning out uh, old school gyms uh, to get rid of asbestos, you should avoid vitamin A and carrots. 
that well again this was a supplement of beta carotene so this was 15 to 30 milligrams of supplements this is not to say that carrots would be bad for you if you ate that as part of a regular diet this is taking 15 to 30 times higher than what we expected even in a multivitamin oh did they also run the test just giving people the beta carotene uh, supplements um and the the vitamin a and they weren't smokers or hanging out with asbestos no, these were only in people who are already at risk for lung cancer because the thought was, could we prevent lung yeah. cancer from occurring in these people who are already at high risk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, it made it the opposite. Aye. Okay, okay. I'd be curious if it, like, you know, I'd be curious if it made the standard person also greater at risk of, of, um, of early death. Well, that's the next trial we're going to talk about, or the next paper <laughs> we're going to talk about. So, Excellent. Right. So in 2007, the Journal of the American Medical Association printed a meta-analysis. And what that means is that researchers scoured the world's literature and combined it all together using a mathematical formula to try to uh, try to take trials here and there and put them together and see, could you have one kind of super trial? And that's what a meta-analysis essentially is. Yeah. So they found 68 randomized control trials with 200,000, 232,000 participants in total, looking at things like vitamin E, vitamin A, and found that across the board, they either did nothing or they increased death rates. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So vitamin C and, vi and selenium had no effect, and vitamin A and E increased mortality. So what should I do and what should I not do? I don't know anymore, what? Doc. Help me. Yeah, so Help me. again, these are all supplements. So the idea is that, all oh, right, so you don't need to take high doses of supplements to try to be healthy. You should just eat correctly and exercise correctly, and those are your two biggest things for your health. I, I've been taking a lot of supplements lately, and it makes my what urine smell funny. Well, that so that, yeah, that brings me to another point. So <laughs> a lot of vitamins, like vitamin C, for example, are yeah. filtered through your kidneys and go straight into your urine. So even if you were to take a whole bunch of vitamin C, you're just going to pee it out. Yeah. So as a result of that, I'm pretty sure that Americans have the most nutritious urine in the world <laughs> because we take in so many vitamins that you can't, your body can't even use it. It's just going to pee it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why my puppy dogs like to sniff my penis so much. Oh, you think so? That's yeah. it, huh? Yeah, that'll yeah. be the picture that we use for the, the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yyeah. So other myths, Wait. a big one would be vitamin C. Yeah. No, no, keep going. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say the other big myth is that vitamin C pre uh, prevents having a cold. This came from Linus Pauling many decades ago. Linus Pauling was a famous chemist who won the Nobel Prize for creating quantum chemistry and molecular biology. He also won a Nobel Peace Prize for his fight against nuclear weapons. But his thing later in life was to say that vitamin C would prevent anyone from getting a cold. And multiple randomized control trials out there have been really hit or miss as to whether or not vitamin C does anything. But that was something that Linus Pauling came up with. And because he won two Nobel Prizes, that's what we're stuck with decades later, still hearing people say, take vitamin C or take zinc and you'll prevent yourself from having a cold. And that's probably not true. Well, but you said hit or miss, which suggests right. some were hits. Yes. Okay, and if and a lot like, of misses, and it's not, but well, but if it's supplements, then it could right. actually do damage. But if you're just drinking a lot of orange juice, like maybe the worst thing that happens is your dog likes to smell your crotch. Well, the other problem with orange juice is it's loaded in sugar. So oh, if no, you're trying like, to lose oh. weight, two glasses of orange juice is more sugar than you need in the entire day. Really, two yeah. glasses? Yeah. Oh my god. What about two oranges? 
So oranges, so fruit, whole fruit is better because you've got the fiber that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to, if you want fruit, I'd suggest that you eat whole fruit as opposed to, so eat a whole apple as opposed to applesauce or drinking apple juice. Got it. And 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 does this relate at all to the uh, concept of supplement uh, versus whole food? Maybe in part. Now, none of these articles are going to address that. These are all supplements that these articles that I'm talking about. But part of that also supplement versus whole food is like, what are you getting from that vitamin C that you can't get from eating a piece of fruit? And in addition from that piece of fruit, you're also getting important fiber, which is what you're not getting from taking a pill with vitamin C in it. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, do you even need that vitamin C supplement? So long as you're not severely malnourished, which is be pretty rare here in the United States, like unless you're a severe alcoholic or you have some kind of problem with your digestive system that you just physically cannot absorb vitamins, most people are going to get all that they need from just eating a well-balanced diet. Okay, so then let's bring this back to the idea of the coffee and the cacao, right? Because those, I mean, well, for me, I wouldn't say it's a supplement. It's like a, you know, not coffee, but... What's well, a food? Oh, yeah, we'll call it a food item. Yeah. I would even say it's like central to my diet. Is cacao. <laughs> I have I, no exaggeration, and I know I'm saying cacao here, but like no exaggeration. I have a chocolate bar a day, right? Right. And and oftentimes I'll supplement that with just straight up cacao nibs. So since those yeah. since those really aren't uh, aside from my use of the word supplements, uh, since they aren't supplements, right? Does that mean that there's there they are? good as as antioxidants so okay so Useful. there was something called the cocoa supplement and multivitamin outcome study or the cosmos trial that <laughs> do they how much time do they spend naming these trials lots lots okay. so you, you'll sometimes see that the people who come up with the large randomized control trials will try to come up with really clever names like process or arise or things like that so this was the cosmos trial yeah. and it had twenty one thousand people that were randomized to get either cacao extract and or a multivitamin. And there was a slight decrease in stroke, heart attack, and death amongst the people who were taking the cacao supplements, but it was not statistically significant. So that means that we cannot say that there's a true difference between the two groups. But you're, you're here again, you're saying extract. So if I'm hearing you correctly, yes. nobody's really done a study of people just eating a ton of straight up cacao nibs every day. I don't know about cacao nibs. I do know about dark chocolate. That's something that's been studied repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And so I did find another meta-analysis that looked at quite a few trials looking at dark chocolate and, and even uh, milk chocolate at times. And so you'll hear the term flavonoid. That is just something that comes from food that's being used as an antioxidant. So what they're really looking at is just could eating chocolate decrease death rates and so forth. The problem with this meta-analysis was I looked at all the trials and a lot of them had fewer than 50 people. Some even had as few as 10 people in it. And so I have a real problem with looking at 10 people who ate chocolate and said that they had better cholesterol than 10 people who did not. That just sounds like me and my friends, like an excuse to eat chocolate, eat more chocolate. Yeah. So that's basically what it is. It's like bros hanging out and be like, look, bro, my cholesterol went down after, after eating dark chocolate every day. Sounds good. Let's write a paper. And somehow that makes it into the medical literature. God, this reminds me of another conversation we have. And I honestly don't remember if it was recorded uh, for the podcast or not, but um, about 
you know, there's a there's a difference between Hershey's has dark chocolate, right? And my friends yes. at Dark Matter have dark chocolate. And I guarantee you the quality of cacao used and, and the other ingredients in the processing significantly different, which is going to impact, I would imagine, how healthful or not healthful that chocolate is. That's true. That that might be a question of who's the manufacturer. And that is something that every study has to say is where we got the dark chocolate from and how much we gave. Yeah. And it's not part of this original discussion that I was thinking of, but Consumer Reports <laughs> does a lot of investigative work on what goes into oh, food boy. or other products. Yeah. And so Consumer Reports has done a, kind of an expose on heavy metals that are finding their way into dark chocolate manufacturing processes. And it's, a, it's an interesting read. I don't remember who was the worst offender and who was the best. I think Gerardaldi was pretty good as far as not having things like cadmium in, in the uh, final product that you're eating. It was interesting to find that chocolate manufacturers have heavy metals that are winding up in the final product. Yeah, this broke my heart. In fact, one of the things that it said in the report is most people shouldn't be concerned because most people aren't eating a chocolate bar every day. And I thought, <laughs> I guess I'm not most people because I absolutely do. Um, but the thing that shocked me about that report, and I just stumbled on that myself this last week, but the thing that shocked me is so many of the manufacturers of what I would consider good chocolate um, mm -hmm. had the highest levels of lead and cadmium. Yeah. I don't even know how lead even makes it into a product like that, but that that's just what we're yeah. living with. Um, that's just what we deal with. And it's kind of like a theme that I've harped on on this show for the last two years now is like, you are going to come in contact with a lot of bad things in your lifetime, but it might be in so it's a minute amount. You might not get a bad thing, like a bad clinical effect from it. You might not be harmed by eating the dark chocolate that has the trace amount of lead in it. So it's one of those things of like, it really needs to bear out with time as to are people being harmed by eating Hershey's that has a little bit of cadmium in it that's found in a laboratory. Well, and I think the other side to that is we're all going to die of something and there are worse things to die of than dark chocolate. Well, that's that's very true. Yeah. So I guess the take-home message from this is go ahead and drink coffee and chocolate as you like, but don't expect to get healthy from it. <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that as a conclusion. We'll call that a wrap. Thanks very much, Ryan. And thank you, Lou. Hasta pronto. You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education 
educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you hear on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly, too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive. Do not walk, either. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to stretch every 30 minutes. If you stretch every 30 minutes, please stay within your defined stretching capacity. And consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you don't have a doctor, maybe Dr. Ryan Acock, the cocktail MD, can help you out. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip. Out.